Who's the most popular content creator in the world? A young man who calls himself Mr. Beast, a.k.a. Jimmy Donaldson from North Carolina. He now has 137 million subscribers, and a recent video showed him helping giving people sight. Cataracts are the leading cause of blindness among adults worldwide. Millions of individuals dealing with decreased vision due to cataracts. In the Western world, this can be relatively easy to deal with by surgery. In fact, years ago, I had cataracts removed and brand new lenses placed into my eyes, which gave me better vision. But the YouTuber, Mr. Beast, saw a problem. These procedures are pricey. And in many parts of the world, there is a lack of adequate eye care professionals. So, Mr. Beast provided funds and staffing around the world to help a thousand people with cataracts receive this treatment. Our God has given us eyes to see, to see his love and kindness. Have you thanked him today for grace? Welcome to Haven Today here on the second day of spring. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're continuing a series this week called How Sweet the Sound. Over the past few days, we've been taking a look at the life of John Newton and how the Lord led him from a life of sin and his self-righteousness to a life completely dependent on grace. I thought it would be helpful for us to reflect for a few more days on the wonderful words found in this hymn, Amazing Grace, written by Newton. My hope is that going through these verses will give you and me a fresh appreciation of God's grace the next time this hymn is sung, whether listening in a car or at home or in a local church or even at a funeral. You know how the hymn begins, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Last week on the program, we looked at a few passages in Scripture that show us the wonder of God's grace shown to sinners. But part of what makes John Newton's hymn so impactful is how he describes those sinners. What does he write next? Well, to talk about that as well as to share why the song means so much to him, I'd like you to hear a short interview I recorded while we were shooting our upcoming Amazing Grace documentary film in England the senior music minister of All Souls London, playing a piano at Newton's Church. And I asked him to share what this hymn means to him. Um, well, I grew up in a church where we, we didn't actually sing that many hymns on a regular basis, but Amazing Grace is one of those hymns that we did love to sing, one of the few hymns. And I think personally what I love about that first verse is the way it, it really engages with how you feel the gospel, how you know it in your heart and your mind. So, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a partially sighted person, so I, I don't have complete vision. And I often long for the day in eternity when I will be able to see perfectly again. I think what John Newton's doing in this hymn is saying, well, actually, when you come to know Christ right here, right now, he opens your eyes. He helps you to taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, and we get to begin to experience that relationship with God 
right here, right now. So I think, I think it's such a personal song by John Newton, obviously, but it's wonderful that because he made the song about saving grace in his life, and it's the saving grace we can all come to know, we enter into it as we each sing it together. So I love, I love singing it personally on my own at the piano, but I love singing it with thousands of other people when you just know that everyone shares that amazing grace and have received it. So um, I'll just play a little improvisation on it because I just love the tune and the melody and the harmony. who lives in London. I got to spend time with him on the set of the new documentary that Haven Films is making right now on Amazing Grace. In a moment, we're going to think more about those words to the hymn where Newton paints a picture of our wretchedness. He writes that we were lost, but now are found, that we were blind, but now we see. And I'll share more in a moment why these lines have meant so much to me physically, but also spiritually. And then after the program, I want to give you an opportunity to support this ministry. And as our thanks, I want to send you the brand new book that my friends wrote called Amazing Grace, The Life of John Newton, and the surprising story behind his song. Dr. Bruce Heinmarsh and Craig Burleys have woven an easy-to-read yet true-to-history biography that reads like a novel and tells the story of Newton's life and conversion to Christ and how he wrote the most beloved hymn of all time. As you read it, I believe it'll have you singing with joy how Christ's grace can transform the hardest of sinners. You can download a sample chapter and then make your gift at haventoday.org haventoday.org or call us for a copy after the program at 800-65-HAVEN 800-65-HAVEN and to start us off on our program today here's Phil Wickham and his song This is Amazing Grace Who breaks the power of sin and darkness Whose love is mighty and so much stronger The King of glory King above all kings Who shakes the whole earth With holy thunder And leaves us breathless In awe and wonder The King of glory The King above all kings
decided to include that song, This Is Amazing Grace, in his album called The Ascension. How appropriate, since we're coming up to Easter, here on a haven today called How Sweet the Sound. As I said when we started our time together today, all this week we're taking a look at the lyrics that John Newton wrote in his hymn, Amazing Grace. And today we're looking at the last part of the opening verse, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Now that line is especially touching for me. It may be for you as well. Over the years, I've had a lot of health problems, and I've included mentioning those on programs past, but I've also had problems with my eyes. Only in the last few years, I've been diagnosed with an early form of macular degeneration, as well as an early stage of glaucoma. And these diseases require some diligence on my part. I have to put drops in my eyes so I'll be able to see for the rest of my life and be able to read. That's important to me. And as my doctor tells me, if I don't deal with this gradual loss of vision in time, One of those diseases could have made progress that's irreversible. In other words, I could lose that vision for the rest of my life if I don't pay attention to changes in my eyesight. But when we sing the first stanza of Amazing Grace, we aren't singing that we were 
losing our sight. And by keeping our eyes in check, we can save our eyesight, even into older age. It was Newton that wrote, I was blind, but now I see. Now that's significant. We were blind. We couldn't see, nor do anything to see. We needed to be given sight. And the metaphor of blindness is so powerful because it reveals to us just how much you and I need grace. Perhaps you're well acquainted with blindness on a personal level, like Michael Andrews, who we heard from. Or maybe you have a parent or a grandparent, or even I have a granddaughter who has vision problems. Or maybe you're listening right now and you're physically blind. It can be hard at times. Some who are blind may know their way around the house or their neighborhood well enough to get out and about, but if they're placed in new and unfamiliar territory, they may need some assistance. Friends, spiritually speaking, we were blind. We were blind to the severity of our sin, to our need for the Lord, and there was no way we could find our way to Him on our own. We needed help from the Lord to restore our sight, to give us sight for the first time. And only then could we see God's love and God's grace. Turn to the Bible, and we're provided stories that tell us this very thing. In fact, there's the passage found in John 9. It's about the healing of a man born blind. Jesus' disciples asked if this man or his parents sinned for the man to be born blind. Quite an insensitive question to ask, to say the least. But how did Jesus respond? He said, neither. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. John 9, 3. That's a profound saying from the Lord. Oftentimes, we see our suffering as a judgment for sin. But in this passage, Jesus tells us these are occasions not meant to leave us doubting God's love and presence, but to strengthen us in our faith. Our sufferings occur so that the works of God might be displayed in you and in me. And after he spoke those words, Jesus picked up some mud that he made from the ground and placed it in that man's eyes. And you remember what happened. The man could see. Now, this may seem pretty strange the first time you read the story or hear it read. I think Jesus used something like mud in order to show the blind man and all those who could see and were standing around that this was indeed a work of God himself. There was one problem, though. The healing of this blind man took place on a Sabbath, which sparked a controversy. There were those Pharisees always standing around, more concerned with their interpretation of the Sabbath rather than praising God for healing the man who was blind. The Pharisees decided they would interrogate the man in order to find out who healed him. The Pharisees wanted the healed man to hand over Jesus. But here's what the former blind man said in verse 25. Whether Jesus is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Now, was John Newton thinking about this man's testimony as he penned the first verse? I think so. This man would end up being kicked out of the synagogue in his town, a form of public humiliation for him. But Jesus came up to him and revealed himself to the man as the one who healed him. Yes, 
The healed man was kicked out of his synagogue, but he was welcomed into the arms of his Savior. He was kicked around and hurt by the legalism of those Pharisees, but he was patched up and embraced by the grace of Christ. And the last thing we hear about this healed man is found in verse 38, where he said, Lord, I believe. And then he worshiped Jesus. And as I shared a few moments ago, this passage shows us that we need God to give us the sight we need. The question for us to ask is, will we respond to God's grace like the man in John 9 did? And there's only one appropriate answer. I believe. I believe with faith and worship. And as we reflect on the first verse of Amazing Grace and the healing of the blind man in John 9, I can't help but think of Michael Andrews, who we heard from at the beginning of the program. He's an exceptionally gifted musician, a conductor. But as he shared with us, his sight is limited. But he's used his trouble with vision to be a great testimony and encouragement for every Christian to keep on trusting in the Lord and to remember that God's grace is sufficient. And even though my brother Michael is partially sighted by God's grace, he's been given spiritual eyes to see, to really see the beauty of the gospel and the hope of all things made new when Christ returns. Yes, this does include his eyes and my eyes and even your eyes. So what should we think about the next time we sing Amazing Grace? We'll think about singing this song with Michael Andrews. Or think about singing it with the testimony of the blind man found in John 9. But also think about your need for God to give you sight, whether you can see well right now or not. It was his grace that opened your eyes to see the Lord Jesus Christ. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. I was blind, but now I see. I think we should pray right now, don't you? Lord, we live in a time and a place just like when John Newton lived, when we are in desperate need of grace. Some of us have never tasted grace. We've never found it. We need grace. We need to fall on our knees and, and, and let Jesus, only Jesus, pull us out of that pit by forgiving us of our sins, by leading us to the cross where he died for our sins. But Lord, there's those of us who have met Jesus. We have tasted grace, but we aren't drinking grace every day. Wow. Do we desperately need grace? May we turn our eyes upward. May we turn our eyes on Jesus. Whether we're blind or whether we're deaf or whether we're anything else, this grace is for us. And it's by grace we are saved. Lord, I pray this for all of us right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who gave us grace. Amen.
That's a group called the Tenors, featuring Natalie Grant and Amazing Grace here on this Haven Today. How sweet the sound. As we continue to think about the depth and legacy of the now 250-year-old hymn, Amazing Grace, I want you to enjoy and be blessed by the new book that my friends wrote about it called Amazing Grace, The Life of John Newton, and the surprising story behind his song. Dr. Bruce Hindmarsh is the scholar, and Craig Borlase is the storyteller, and together they share the powerful testimony of John Newton and how his hymn came to be. My wife has told me it's the best Christian biography she's ever read, and one of our producers says he's even reading it to his six-year-old son. A good story is a good story, but when it takes you to Jesus and you find grace, that's the best story. I think you'll come away the same way as you read this new book. So for your gift to this listener-supported ministry, I want to send you this just-out hardback book, Amazing Grace. You just need to call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website. There you can read a sample chapter from the book, but then make your gift and ask for a full copy there at haventoday.org haventoday.org and as we go if this program is a blessing to you why don't you pray about becoming a haven partner that's someone who agrees to pray regularly and give automatically monthly to help support sharing Jesus and grace with others ask about that when you call us or read about it when you go online I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Watch your mouth. That's something every child, and especially teenager, hears at some point in their life. In the heat of the moment, things are said that hurt. Things can be said that burn stability down. The Apostle James understood this. The tongue is the smallest member, but it can cause great damage. Just like a devastating wildfire can be started by the smallest of sparks. Watch your mouth. The tongue is a fire. In the heat of the moment, your words might start a fire that you won't be able to extinguish, but by the Spirit, the wisdom from above, the Lord strengthens us to restrain our tongues. And better, we can learn to use our tongues for praise. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.